Welcome to the DNA show. DNA? Dude, are we doing a science show? No, D is for Dennis. Oh, A is for Andy. And N is for and? Oh man, nerds. Because oh, yeah. we're nerds, dude. Yeah. Well, good. Then we can talk about comics and movies and pop culture and sports. Sports. Sports and nerds. Yeah, we're going to make that work. All right, let's roll. Heidi ho welcome back to the Dennis and Andy Show. I'm Andy. And this is Dennis. And we are here on episode five, talking about a bunch of different stuff. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask, I always like asking my buddies this, because I'm a kid and I get giddy whenever I think about it, is uh, what, was the, what was the first R-rated movie you saw... Or, for me, before I give my answer, the question the question I usually pose is, what was the first R-rated movie you saw with your parents, whether it be your dad or your mom or whoever? <laughs> and I like asking it that way because, to me, there's more of an embarrassment factor depending on what the movie was and how old you were. I can see that. You know? And, I, you know, I've asked other friends and some, some friends I've, I've asked have said, well, I did, the first R-rated movie I saw, I actually snuck into, so I wasn't with my parents. So everybody has their different stories, so it doesn't, you know. But that, that's the question. Hmm. So, so feel free on our Facebook page, The Dennis and Andy Show, to pop down what your first R-rated movie was. Yeah. Um, Andy had asked me which one I had seen with my parents first at the theater. Well, that would be zero of them. Um, my my dad, the last movie he saw in the movie theater was Jaws. Um, so, yep. Why, why would I pay to go to a theater when I can watch the movies at home? And literally, so if I ever went, it was with my mother. Like, we went to E.T. and stuff like that. Right. But, yeah, my mother would never take me to a rated R. So, no, no, no. no. I never went with my parents to see a rated R movie at, together as a family. See, it's... One, that just cracks me up. The last movie your dad saw in the theater was Jaws. That is incredible. You're talking like Jaws 6 or something, right? Nope. Original Jaws. Original Jaws, 1975. Wow, that is insane. Yep. Your dad does not like to leave the house, apparently. (laughs) Not for movies. Um, Yeah, I grew up in a kind of a movie family, I guess, where my mom wasn't a big movie person, but my dad was. I guess that's where I get it from. And I can vividly remember... The summer of 1982, going to see, with my dad and my brother, Fast Times at Richmond High. Ooh, yeah! Fast Times at Richmond High. There I am with my... What is that? Oh, there we go. There I am sitting. My dad's in the middle. I'm on one side. My brother's on the other. I was... It came out in the summer, so I was 12. My brother was 14 at the time. And I enjoyed it because Phoebe Cates took her top off in <laughs> uh, the scene at the swimming pool where Judge Reinhold was in the bathroom tickling his fancy, if you know what I mean. And Phoebe and he's looking out the window at Phoebe Cates going swimming. And he I still remember she's walking on the diving board and she takes her top off. And of course, this was all in Reinhold's mind. But, you know. Phoebe actually did it in the movie. And as a 12-year-old boy, as much as I enjoyed seeing boobies for the first time, 
The other thing nagging me was, uh, my dad's sitting right next to me and I'm seeing boobies. <laughs> uh, this is awkward. It was just awkward feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Cover your, cover your eyes kind of awkward. Well, I took, uh, well, what was the first R-rated movie you saw? So, okay. So th- this is a hard question. So we had... My, my wife says we were fancy because we actually had I, I saw the launch of MTV oh, so, too, so yeah we, we had cable back then and HBO was a big thing when, when it came out so like my parents would leave and things were um, you couldn't see it because they were locked down oh, right. well as soon as my parents would leave you could go into the back of the TV mm. and they had a knob for the fine tuning oh, yeah. and then you could adjust that and then there was one on the cable box so even though it was scrambled, you could get them to come in. Just It took a little bit of ingenuity. So I remember watching Halloween, you know, when my parents were gone, which was a great movie, still a classic to me. But the one that I actually went and saw when we got into the theater for um, in 1984 when A Nightmare in Elm Street was was launched. Ooh. And uh, again, another horror movie, so I, I think we see a pattern going there. Yeah, but it was great. And who knew that Johnny Depp was going to become just as big as he was. But I think he died pretty quickly, got, if I remember. He was the dude that was sucked into the bed. And then all the blood went all over the ceiling and stuff, if I remember right. Yep. Yep, so my buddies and I, that's that's when we had went to theater to see, um, to get in. I think the first one I saw without my parents, just, you know, myself and a couple of buddies, was Porky's. Remember oh, Porky's? yeah. And uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yes. Uh, Porky's was the one, if I remember correctly, where it had the glory hole. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then the gym teacher, didn't the, didn't the dude stick it through and then the gym teacher <laughs> grabbed it and started yanking on him and stuff? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, was that? Okay, so uh, I guess I'll explain glory holes as easy as I can. It's basically a hole in a wall and a dude sticks his junk through the hole because on the other side is supposed to be uh, a woman that plays with your stuff. Now, in Porky's, it was the, the hole went to the female locker room, right? Yes. Yeah, and that's why, because the girls would see it and be like, oh my God, what is that? And just, you know, whatever in the movie. But then the one time the female coach walks in, who of course is the burly female coach, <laughs> and grabs the dude and just starts ye- <laughs> yanking yeah. on him, not in a good way. Yeah, yeah, those were, they see, classic teen movies from when we were, Last American Virgin. I didn't oh, see that yeah. in the theater, but again, HBO, I mean, that was the, the those were the genre of movies that, that we got to watch. Well, Revenge of the Nerds. Love, still love it. Who would think that one of the nerds, Anthony Edwards, would go on to Top Gun? Two O's and Goose. And then from Top Gun to ER. I know, right? For what, 11 years or so? Right. I don't know what he does now. I think he's more behind the camera. Either that or he's just going, I collect checks from ER. But, uh... Yeah, and the dad was James Cromwell. You only saw him basically at the beginning. That's right. And he's been in everything. Yes, Star Trek movies and stuff. We get first contact, but... And then, and I don't know the actor's name. I might even look it up, but you'll know the character if you saw Revenge of the Nerds. Booger. 
Oh, yeah. He's been in a ton of stuff. It's always comedic stuff, generally. Or yep. he's kind of a... And it's the same type of character. Or if it is a drama, he's still kind of a tech nerd type guy. Yes. Um, but, yeah, him. And there were, what, two? I know there were two. Were there three Revenge of the Nerds? They were definitely hitting off on all cylinders back then, because it was Revenge of the Nerds, Revenge of the Nerds 2, uh, Porky's. Right. Well, Robert Carradine, because he was one of the three oh, Carradines. Yeah. He was, the, well, I guess you would call him the main nerd, because um, that's who the, the main story, because that was the love interest with Betty Childs, was her name in the, in the movie. Um, but Robert Carradine, because, you know, he's the brother of Keith, Keith and David. Right. And Keith is on, you know, Dexter. And then David, of course, was uh, Grasshopper back Kung from Fu. the Kung Fu. Right. Yeah. Is it more than dead? Yeah, David. David is yeah, okay. Kung, Kung Fu. Fu. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember, um, oh, was it Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield? Oh, I remember was the tri it Triple Indy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, triple Lindy. But was it called back to school? Because he yeah. went back to college. Yeah, with his it was his, back to school. Wasn't his son going to college? Because he, you know, he's a rich dude. Paid for his yeah. son to go, and was like, "I'm going to go back to school as well." Yeah, yeah, the triple Lindy man. That was just yeah. And then when you saw Rodney Dangerfield do it, and I am using air quotes here. Yeah, I was, I was just about to bring that up. Where Rodney Dangerfield gets up on that high high dive to do the triple Lindy, and then you're like, "That's a stunt double." Yeah, obviously, but they could have tried to get somebody not in shape. Because it's not like Rodney right. Dangerfield was in shape at all. It was awesome. <laughs> well, then Ted McGinley, he was from it, which you know, for um, oh, what's that? He was uh, he was Stan Gable, which was the main, I guess, preps, you know, preppy bad oh, guy. Yeah, but we all knew him from you know, Married with Children. He became the second yes! husband, the second husband uh, of um. The neighbor can't think of her name off that by head. I know it's not Doris, but for some reason Doris comes to mind. But it's not Doris. Um, um, uh, Amanda. All I can think Amanda's of is her that, name. No, that's, that's her name. That's the actress's name. Yeah, it's the actress's name, but I can't think of what what her what the screen name was. But she had her first husband, and then he was the second husband, and and um, yeah, he was hands down my favorite in that show. But so yeah, who Revenge of the Nerd had a had a a lot of really good. Uh, People at it. So I watched Mary Will Children every every week. Yeah. Watched it religiously. Me too. It was you know, that's when the Fox Network first started. Yep. It was one of their breakout shows. And I can remember watching that. And Al Bundy, um, Ed O'Neill. And back then watching it going, you know, one, it was hysterical, but two, just going, Oh, that old guy is so funny. And when you think about it now, he was younger than us, than we are now, when he played Al Bundy. Yes. Because he was like early 40s, <laughs> late 30s when he played Al Bundy. And I'm sitting there, because yeah, I was like 17, 18 years old going, look at that old guy. <laughs> He's so funny. The high school football break. Uh, I mean, come on. Married with Children was just a classic. And I mean... Ed O'Neill, still, I mean, even with Modern Family oh, modern and stuff family. now. Christina Applegate, yeah. she's been a favorite of mine, actually, because of that show. Katie Seagal, I mean, we, we love her in Futurama, but I mean, come on. Sons of Who Anarchy. could make up, yeah, but Peggy in her walk and her high oh, yeah. heels. Oh, she was just, you know, the best. Amanda Bierce was, um, was the name, yeah. and it was Marcy. 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 Didn't Amanda voice some Simpson character? 
Or my. Th- no, don't know. Never? Don't know. She could have. She might. I mean, realize that so I many mean, people yeah, have so been people on have. there. And then, because then Ted was her husband, uh, Jefferson. And then yeah. Steve was the first actor. I remember him. But then when he was gone, then then Jefferson became an I actually thought Jefferson, you know, he was probably one of my favorites in the in the show. Well, him and Al with that, no ma'am. It I don't know if I'm getting him confused with another actor or not, but there was an actor that was on Happy Days and he's been on a he's he's been like a second tier character on a lot of shows. But whenever I saw, like, you know, Happy Days was what? Late 70s, early 80s? Right. You know? And whenever I see him, even like a decade later, he's this dude that just doesn't age. Yeah. I just can't remember his name, but he has brown hair, medium length brown hair. So, I don't know. Hmm. That's strange. Oh, well. So, well, those are our R-rated movies. Love to hear what your first R-rated movie was. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget first Fast one Times. versus our favorite one. I actually is. Googled Phoebe Cates, topless, and what came up? A gif of yep. her taking her top off from Fast Times at Richmond High. Yep. Classic, classic movie. Of course, I feel dirty looking at it. <laughs> Even though she's older than I am in real she life. Is. She is. I still is. feel a little dirty. Looking at her teenage self. Yeah. <laughs> so that brought us up to a topic where Andy asked me about bedtime stories if I'd heard about it. So, oh, God. What, what, what's up with Tom Hardy nowadays? Tom Hardy, as I remember Tom Hardy, the voice of Bane, or not voice, but played Bane and Batman about 10 years ago, 12 years ago is doing bedtime stories, believe it or not, for, uh, what's it called? It's called uh, CB, CBB's Bedtime Stories. And he's reading like a bedtime story a week or something. I've got a little clip here we can play so you can hear Tom Hardy. I All right, that's enough of that, because I can't listen to Tom Hardy telling a bedtime story where he says it's about a sausage dog and he doesn't crack up. How do you not crack up telling a bedtime story about a sausage dog? And the thing is, I never, I I don't know, I don't, I knew he's, I, I know he's not American, but whenever I think Tom Hardy, because it's such an American sounding name, I think American. So when I actually hear him talk, I always think he's putting an accent on, not that's how he usually talks. Well, I mean, think of him from, well, like you just said, what movies? So you, you've got Bane, you know, from The Dark Knight. Uh, Mad Max, he played the, oh, yeah, the Mad last Max. Mad Max movie. Um, Venom. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, but I want him to read me a bedtime story in the voice of Bane. Uh, Pain. Well, first we'd have to put on some breathing apparatus so we kind of sound like Darth Vader. Go to sleep. This is Ben. I want you to have sweet dreams. Oh, that was awful. I know. Yeah, it didn't sound anything. Well, maybe, maybe when he was in Inception. Maybe when the he world was, was flipping. Mm-hmm. You know, that is one Christopher Nolan movie I've never seen. 
You have oh. I've never seen okay. Inception. All right, we need a project. We are going to have to I know. I need I to watch it. I actually don't even think I can loan it to you. I don't own it. So, we'll have to pick that up. You have to watch it. I don't have to do that. It's on demand. I was actually oh. flipping through stuff over the weekend. I think it's on Netflix. Oh. Cuz I was looking through stuff on Netflix to watch and I, Inception came up and I was tempted to do it, but one, I saw it's two and a half hours, and I was just not in the mood for... You have to be in the mood for a two and a half hour movie. Yes. And, two, and, and you got to be wide awake for this movie. I've only yeah. seen it once, and I am glad I saw it in the theater because you have to... You can't have distractions because there's so much going on in this movie. Okay. I've heard that. Well, it's Christopher Nolan. It's intellectual. Right. And then it's... So it's two and a half hours, so that, that I was like, ah, not in the mood. And I sound like my daughter when I say this, but I saw it was from 2010, and I'm like, ah, oh, so long ago. Do I even want to watch this? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, because my daughter... Well, you know, I, I did just see Doctor Strange, you know, and it's the same kind of thing folding in. So, yeah, I've seen Inception. Well, it's funny because, you know, I'm like, my daughter loves the Marvel movies like I do, and I'm like, oh, you should watch the... You know, first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. And she's like, when was it made? And I'm like, 2000, 2001. She goes, no, that's an old movie. And I'm just, it just cracks me up. And then I realized over the weekend, I saw that Inception was 2010. I'm like, oh, 2010. But, but it was still good. It's not no, like I know. it was it's, that. Come on, it's a decade. Well, that was one. Well, it wasn't one of his breakouts, but it was one with such good reviews yeah. And stuff. I guess one of the other things that kind of turned me off to it, and it's really weird. I have no real good explanations behind these turnoffs, but Leonardo DiCaprio, for some reason, and I like Leonardo as an actor. That's the weird thing. But just with Inception, I'm just like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it was a good movie. Um, I don't know. Well, I it, love all his movies. I mean, Tenet. Well, that is supposed to come out this summer. Well, let, let, let's hope, because that was on our to-see list. God, I hope it does, because that looks so good. Like, Nolan's a guy, obviously... What was his... Oh, God. Now I'm trying to remember where his first movie was. So I remember seeing it. We'll Google it. I remember seeing Christopher Nolan's first... Well, I remember seeing a movie and really, really enjoying it. And, you know, it's in the 90s. And I had no idea. I wasn't really paying attention to directors and stuff back then. And now I see stuff and I'm like, oh my God, this guy, this guy directed that. So I'm looking it up. I will say Interstellar. Awesome. I was going to say Interstellar was a awesome. great movie. It was nowhere is near, near his first one, but that was another one because, of course, I love Manny, Matthew McConaughey. I just thought of it. Memento. I love Memento. You don't know Memento? Nope. Mo if I've got to watch Inception, which I don't mind doing, you've got to watch Memento. Okay. Mo Do you have know to anything at... about nope. Memento? Oh, my God. I'm gonna, I'm All gonna right. So I am writing this down now so that we can talk about this during the, the next podcast. Memento. So Memento is about a man that suffers short-term memory loss, right? Uh -huh. And it's so short-term that he leaves clues and messages for himself as tattoos on his body. So when he wakes up the next day, he sees these, and he's basically trying to track down his wife's killer. And the whole okay. thing with Memento is... So I do... I, I can't remember if I mentioned it in a previous episode, but I do improv acting with a, a troupe called the Charlotte Comedy Theater. I haven't done it in a while, but I started in 05, went pretty strong for almost a decade. Anyhow... 
one of the games in improv that we play, a short form game, is called Memento. And the point of the game is you do the whole scene backwards. So if Dennis and I were going to play Memento, for instance, we'd get, a, we'd get the last line of the movie from the audience because, you know, it's, it's like that TV show. Whose line is it? Whose line is it anyway? Yeah, love that. So, for instance, you'd ask the audience, you know, you'd have the two players up on stage and you'd ask the audience, the host would, give us the last line of a movie. And somebody might shout out, it's about to explode. So the way the game works is, if I was starting the scene, I would say, it's about to explode. And then my scene partner, his next line would have to be the line before that. And then ah. my next line. So it's one of the hardest improv games to play. Because you're always having to think backwards. Right. Because the scene ends at the beginning. Yeah. And it's not scripted. So you're making everything up. And I can, I can honestly say I've played that game a dozen times or so. And I've really done it. Because I, I can remember... Everybody just really applauding once. I've done it once where we actually did it front or backwards to front awesomely. And the <laughs> audience was like, oh my God, you guys killed that. And other times it's usually a train wreck, but that's what makes it funny. So Memento's told backwards. All right. So I will add that to my list to watch and then you have to add Inception. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's starred... Uh... Let me see here. Cast and crew. I know who it starred, but I hate getting things wrong when it's right here. So I'm just going to look it up. It's taking forever, of course. So I'm going to go Guy Pierce. Oh! You know Guy Pierce. Yeah. Yep. He was uh, he was a star of Memento. And that was a Christopher Nolan movie. Original screenplay. Okay. Yep. It's already on my list. And it came out. Woo! How long did this movie come out? It came out. Let's see, Memento. Doo, 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 doo. Uh, of course, it doesn't. It's not uh, storyline. It's not two thousand detail. Two thousand. So twenty years ago. Oh, Carrie Ann Moss. Ooh. Oh, dude. Another reason to watch that because I loved her in it is, the Matrix. It is such a fantastic film, and 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 when you think about the types of movies that Nolan does, and now you know he's writing, directing. I don't believe he directed Memento, but. You know, he did write it. It just, you can just tell. You're like, oh, yeah, this is this is Nolan. Okay. So. All right. Well, that sounds awesome. Well, from movies, we're going to move on to an interesting thinking thing that happened on Facebook. Oh. So I got this video that was sent, and it, it, it went viral. And it was a prank. So we started out this prank, and, of course, I, I had to share it. And it looked cute at first. So it looked innocent enough. It did. The girl was like, oh, her boyfriend was sleeping or husband. And she thought it would be really great to take, you know, they have these waxing patches. You put wax on them, then you stick them on the hair and then you, you know, rip them off. Well, he's sound asleep. And she puts two on his leg, like one on his calf, on the side of his leg, one on his back. And he slept through it, which... I wouldn't have, but apparently no, he's a deep no enough way. I would have slept through that. And then she puts one in his armpits. Oh, did you do his chest too? <laughs> so he started off like you know, and she's like, he's still sleeping, and she goes, well, it's going to wake him up. So the prank was going to wake him up by pulling the hair off. 
and so she wrong. sneaks onto the bed and she's all down in her crouch position. She reaches down on his back where one of them, she grabs the corner and just, just pull it. That you can off. hear it. And he jumps. I could feel the pain oh he God. went into. He jumps out of the bed. He's looking at her stunned. And then he looks down and he sees that he has like more of these wax patches that are like two inches wide by like four to five inches long on like his armpit, his chest. And it, there's no pulling it off gently at that point. No. Nope. Because it really is rip the band-aid off. Right. You can't do it slow. But he doesn't know this because he has had no experience doing it. He's like, baby, she, they go and get a pair of scissors and she's trying to get scissors and cut around it. Not going to work. No. <laughs> and he's just having to rip these things off and the pain in his face. And that is, that is like, I'm sorry, but if you can't just smack her, I'm not saying close fist because you can't punch a woman. But if you can't just smack her for that, it I'm was, sorry, but they, that should be allowed because that is some pain. At least he, she the, knew it, and she—you could tell she was she, laughing. She she thought it was funny at first. I don't think she realized how incredibly painful. If you watch it till the end, it was like wow. Well, at least when a woman has that done, I'm sure the first time it's a shock to their system. But if you can, if you if if you're the type that doesn't shave, I guess, type of lady that doesn't shave and does this type of waxing, you know what you're in for. You can kind of prep yourself for it. And let's be real. You're not letting your hair grow as long as, like, this dude's, you know, an average man's underarm hair either. Because that does make a difference longer the hair is, you know. So she had to know how cruel this was going to be. I can't speak because I, I've never no. had it done, and nor, nor will I ever have anything waxed after seeing this. <laughs> no, the only sh no waxing has ever occurred, and the only shaving that happens is my face and the top of my bald head. But I will say, when it comes to pranks, when, um, when I was in art school, I went to the Kubert School of Cartoon and Graphic Art, and when I was in art school, in my second year, I was living with two other guys. We were sharing a house. And there's no waxing involved, no, no, no bodily prank involved in this. But what they did was, so I was, at the time, I was dating a girl that lived in town. Of The, the school was in New Jersey, and she lived in town. And I was over at her house for dinner, and her dad was a principal at the high school in town. And we heard some noise outside. So we go running outside and we see two dudes running down the street. And we just assumed it was kids from his school playing some type of prank on him or whatever. So I go to leave and I was driving, a, I think I was driving a 1989 Sunbird at the time, Pontiac car, and it had the type of door handle that you didn't push a button, you put your hand underneath and lift it up, the lever type handle, whatever you call it. Okay. So, you know, I was leaving for the night. This was like an hour or so after this happened. And it was like, all right, bye, bye, whatever. And I stick my hand under, and it was just full of uh, uh, the, the Vaseline uh, gel, you know? <laughs> the gelatin type of Vaseline, so not the cream. And it was just like, I stuck my hand. And I was like, what the hell? So I went around to the passenger side. Same thing, because it's only a two-door car. So we just chalked it up to, you know, the dad 
my girlfriend's dad apologized because he's like, ah, it must have been these high school kids playing a prank. They thought it was my car, I guess. Sorry about that. You know, they, let, they gave me some paper towels, wipe it off, whatever. No biggie. Drive home. We lived, the house we rented was a duplex and we rented the top part. But you entered the front door and had to walk up stairs to go to the second floor of the of this duplex. It was our own entrance. So it was just, as soon as you open the front door, boom, set it like 12 stairs. So I opened the door, no big deal. And I go to start walking up the stairs. I go to start walking up the stairs and there's saran wrap on every stair. What? Yeah, and the stairs are carpeted. So basically, it's a way to make somebody slip and fall. So I see this, all the lights are out, and I see this and I'm like, goddamn roommates. So I sidestep the saran wrap. And I try turning on the light as well at the bottom of the steps, and the light won't turn on either. So I'm like, what the hell? So I walk up the stairs gingerly. I get to the top of the steps, and as soon as you get to the top of the steps, you would turn right to go down the hallway to the bedrooms. They put saran wrap across the hallway <laughs> at head level, head shoulders, thinking yep. I'd run into it. I didn't, because I'm a genius. So that's two things. They got me onto one. The Vaseline under the door. Because it was them. Yep. Obviously, I found out later. I dodged the saran wrap on the steps. I dodged the saran wrap in the hallway easily. I get to my door, my bedroom door, and I can hear some giggling from underneath one of the other bedroom doors. I'm like, and I yell, and I'm like, ah, you bastards. You didn't get me. Ha <laughs> ha. Your little trick sucked. Screw you guys. And I go to open my bedroom door. I twist the handle. And first, my hand just goes, swing. Because they Vaseline the handle, so I couldn't turn it. My hand just went, right, you know, just slipped oh, yeah. right off it. And I'm like, you sons of bitches. And then I press on the door to open it, and the door falls. They took it off the hinges. Ah, they got you. So they did get me. Oh. Nowhere as bad as waxing, thank God. But they, they got me. Yeah. So. Mine, we had a lot of pranks. But the, the the one that I remember most was it was probably the most painful. No, no. Um, yeah, we used to go to house parties back in college. Oh, sure. So, you yeah. know, you exactly. And there was a whole group of us. They called us the herd, and we would just tootle on off to a, a house party. Well, there were a couple of us, and, you know, at that time, I mean, we were... I was in jujitsu. Some of the other guys were in other stuff. Well, we're always screwing with each other and fake punching and stuff like that. And that's perfectly fine when you're sober. Well, we're on the way back, and it's probably 2, 2.30 in the morning. And we were walking alongside the road, and we would always, like, sneak out, jump out, and, like, punch or try and flip somebody oh, yeah, or whatever. Especially well, when you're drunk. Right. Because, I mean, we all look like Keanu Reeves in The Matrix, you know, being able to go backwards in slow oh, motion sure. and miss everything. Because that's what we feel like we look like. Right. Well, lo and behold, one of my, my friends, he, he got me and he came out and actually flipped me. Oh. Now, you're, you're, you're thinking, oh, that's not so bad because you know how to properly fall. While sober, you would probably be able to not worry about it. However, we weren't in the middle of the street or on nice soft grass. We were coming up to the curb. And when he flipped me, I went over his head and my shin 
smacked right into the concrete curb and it hurt even drunk it completely hurt and they're like dude you're bleeding and everything and i can still remember looking down and there's blood and we were trying to wipe the blood off and there was an entire chunk missing i could actually see the bone all the way down there so yeah, it was very, very painful. Well, what are you going to do? Go to the hospital? I'm like, I'm yes. not going to the hospital. Yes, no, not in college. Yes. I couldn't afford a college bill. You so all ER. I did, what did I do? I put on a Band-Aid. You know, basically like a big Band-Aid and just kind of said, well, it'll eventually heal. Band-Aid. It was, you know, one of those big gauze yeah. Band-Aid things. And um, it healed over time. And For it's sure. funny, to this day, I can stick my leg out and you'll be able to see the mark right on there. Ah. I have no feeling. So I literally, all my nerve endings and everything were, were gone. So that was one of my the worst pranks that went really badly. So I knew a guy, and this was after, after uh, college, just right after a friend of mine. He thought this was funny. He would just go up to people, and he knew them. I mean, he wouldn't do this to somebody he didn't know. But still, he would just go up to you and unsuspectingly just punch you right in the balls. What? Backhand. Ro- not even so, a Rochambeau. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't, you know, he's coming at you, fists flying forward. He would just come up next to you like, oh, hey, how's it going? And, you know, most guys are around the same height. It's not like this dude was a, you know, basketball player, so his, his hand was a lot higher. Or, you know, most guys, average height. And he would just whap, backhand you right in your net, right in your nards. And you're just like, and I mean, you go down to the floor. Huh. And he thought that was just hysterical. And it's like, dude, seriously. But he did it to one guy. And that was the last time he ever did it to that guy. Oh? Because this guy knows a little kung fu. And he took it, he took it out on him. He wasn't able to block it because if you're not expecting it, you're not expecting it. But he did flip the guy around a little bit and kind of choke him out. So that was uh, that was the last time he he pulled that crap on uh, on that particular guy. Oh, oh, yeah, mm. yeah. Not so, not so much kung fu. Not 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 a not a kung fu fan. No, I got a friend of mine who's who knows different types of. Uh, uh, mixed martial arts and stuff like that. And it's, it's kind of funny. Just never walk up to a person who really knows how to fight in different styles as Kung Fu. <laughs> do, you think, do, you, do you remember watching Eddie Murphy's Raw in the 80s? Oh, absolutely. Right. Okay. I remember Eddie. Ed, Eddie. I want half. Eddie. <laughs> Eddie. Oh, we just came up because we were talking about Mama Burgers. <laughs> Because we were like, the kids wanted to go to McDonald's. And we were like, why would we do that? And I says, we, we've got all the fixings here. We'll right. just make burgers exactly. in there. So we're sitting around making hamburgers at home going, Eddie, oh, bring out the mama burger. What are you talking about? You know, you got the big green peppers, you know. And anybody who hasn't seen Eddie Murphy Raw, go back and see it. Which is hilarious because we literally were just doing it and laughing about it as we were making it. And we're like... Go find on YouTube. You can pull up oh, just pull up just, just the, the hamburger part. part. Yeah. So while we were making it, we pulled it up so that my niece and nephew could see what we were sitting here right. laughing about the entire the big mama burgers. Was that the okay? But was that the stand up special I'm thinking of where he was talking about if you get into a fight, just act crazy? 
Oh yeah, that the, was the, the one, guy. right? Yeah, because his, got... his main he had Delirious, and then right. uh, and Raw, Raw he was decked out in total Michael Jackson, red. right? Yeah, yeah, and he was. I'll never forget that because luckily, you know, knock on wood, I've never really been in an adult fight as you know, as as an adult. You know, the the closest fight I've ever gotten into has always been with my brother and. You know, obviously, when you're growing up as a kid, we were only 16 months apart, not too different in size. We'd get into scraps, even in our teens, late teens. We'd have knockdown, drag out bras, have to be pulled apart, whatever. But a part of me after watching Raw was like, you just got to wonder if, like, somebody gets in your face. And if you if you legit, not laughing, but if you could really keep it together and just started acting nuts... And like really confidently acting like you knew what you were doing and all that, if it could back somebody down. I really wonder if it could back somebody down. I, I don't know, but I can see the gleam in your eye that you want to go try it. Oh, this. I so <laughs> want to try it. See, I so want to try it. The problem is, you know, the other part of his skit was when he went and saw Rocky. <laughs> Oh, right. Oh, yeah. The Jujubees. <laughs> and it came out after Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? Yes. That, that's when I think of Eddie Murphy and his Right. Because in that skit is when he pulled the, you know, his, his white guy voice, right? Right. He's like, he's like, I can't remember it that well. My memory's so off, I can envision it in my head, but not enough to try to quote it. But yeah. yeah. But you can always see Eddie Murphy, and you just wonder, how many fights did Eddie Murphy actually get in before he he became popular, of course. Oh, yeah, And he course. did this, you know, and he's got those big eyes when he looks at you, and I suppose if you've got big eyes and you sound like it, and you rip your shirt off and you look crazy, I, I don't know. Eddie could pull it off. Oh, my God. Um, speaking of Eddie, and then going back to the movie thing real quick, did you watch Dolomite? Oh, yes. Yeah, so here's the funny. I watched... The Dolomite, it was on Netflix. Right, watch it on Netflix. Yeah. And w which was great because I had watched some of the comedians at Dolomite and stuff, you know, as, as a kid oh, listening the to. Influence. Right, yeah, right, the, the influence. But I had never seen, like, the original Dolomite movie. I didn't movies. know he was real. Like, going yeah. into. Okay, so I heard about it last fall. So, Dolomite is a, a made for Netflix movie about a real guy, and Eddie Murphy plays him. It's like Eddie Murphy's. Big comeback. When they were talking Oscar talk and all this, which I thought Eddie Murphy did a fantastic job, but knowing how the Oscar people are, as soon as I heard that, I was like, it would be awesome if he was nominated and won, but I don't see those people nominating him. But, so last fall, it was when it came out, and I was like, Dolomite, what the hell is this? You know, Eddie Murphy, though, I gotta, gotta watch the trailer. So I watched the trailer, and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'm gonna watch this movie. And even going into it, you know, I did a little reading up, but not a ton. I, I think my reading up was like just on Netflix, how they said it was based on a real person. Yeah. I'm watching this movie and I'm like, you know, I, I love comedy. I love the old, you know, I grew up Richard Pryor, uh, Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin. Um, that was, you know, the, the big guys in the 70s. That was like, you know, George Carlin. You know, that was my that was my time as a kid watching those guys. I'm like, how can I never heard of this Dolomite guy? Right. And and remember a friend we, we started talking about this and a friend of right. ours was knew, like was knew, knew all about it, right. used to live and have gone into the record store where he was originally Yeah. From. And met him and stuff. Right. And so I watched this movie and I'm like, this is just 
to impossible to be real. And then at the end of the movie, while they're rolling the credits, they show clips from the actual movie. The whole thing is Dolomite is basically a failed stand-up comic. And then he basically creates this character called Dolomite because that's not his real name. And it's his stage persona. And he just blows up. And then he wants to make a movie and he go he you know he he sees this actor that at the time is is really popular played by Wesley Snipes in the movie and he goes up to him not through his agent just walks up to him in a bar and pitches him his movie idea and, and Wesley Snipes is like why are you talking to me you, yeah. you got an agent you go go talk to him talk. he's like no no I'm not going to talk to him he goes what what would it take for me to do it he goes talk to my agent yeah. what if I made you director let's talk that's right as soon as he said what if I made you the director Wesley Snipes character in the movie looks up he's like alright let's talk now, and now realize you got Eddie Murphy who, who who plays Rudy which is Dolomite yeah and then you know you start looking at the cast and the name of the actual show is my name is or Dolomite is my name yeah that's the movie and um, Keegan from Key and Peele oh yeah you know he's in it and he's awesome Craig Robinson is in it so I mean there is a great cast that but that's Keegan's in not this. Keegan from King Peel is not even playing a comedic character. No. He's playing a more dramatic character, which is, you know, you just don't think that. And he he the whole cast did a fantastic job. But yeah. But you know, so he finally gets the funding, not to spoil more of the movie, but they make the movie inside the movie. And then like I said when the credits are rolling, they actually show scenes from the real movie and it's mind-blowing because it is as cheesy as they made it out to be in the movie with Eddie Murphy. And while you're watching it, you're thinking to yourself, there's no way it was this cheesy. It just can't be. They had to they had to cheese it up just for this. But they didn't. It was that bad. And it's such a Or was classic. it that good? Or was it that good? That's true. Or was it that... I'll go with it was that good because it looks like a cult classic that... I. I, you're Googling over there. I don't know if this is something you can tell me. The name of the actual movie. So the original movie, that's why I was looking yeah. it up. Because after my wife and I watched this, and I said, we, we got to watch it. And we, we as soon as we did, we were like, okay, we knew this was based on a real movie. We're like, yeah, we this movie looks so bad that it's got to be good. Yeah. We need to sit down and, and go back and find it. Sure. So the original movie is Dolomite from it 1975. Okay. And it was Rudy Ray Moore. Yeah. And I was just looking at, and then, um, you know, going forward, they've got like the human tornado, the Dolomite no explosion, the um, Shaolin uh, Dolomite, Legend <laughs> of Dolomite. Shaolin Yes. <laughs> so... So one of the things that I, I we were looking, and it looks so bad that it looks so good. And I mean, they're on a low budget, you know. So like the car chase scenes and oh. things, and they borrowed cars from relatives and friends and um, explosions. But yeah, this is absolutely. We want to go back and watch the originals oh, yeah. just to see how bad or good they really could be. Yeah, that would be awesome. All right, guys, that is our time. We thank you again for listening, sticking with us. We hope you're enjoying the show. Yep. Next week, I know we're going to hit up a little bit of the NFL. They've got yep. some interesting thing with the coronavirus um, still in play that the NFL is doing some virtual stuff. So we yep. will touch topics a little bit 
from the cheese head in the, in the Cowboys van. That's right. And we'll, uh, we'll talk some comic books next week as well. All right. We will see you then. Bye-bye. Until next week, grab your 3D glasses, get your favorite comic books, roll them up, and put them in your back pocket the way you should treat comics. Throw your pigskin up on the mantle. This is Dennis. This is Andy. Later, Later friends. friends.